Hello, I'm Jacob Earl, and this is Constantly Moving Forward. This week's episode has an associated video element because it is a collaboration between constantlymovingforward.net and our parent company, SaveTheCroissants.com. It's kind of a strange thing to say because both of those businesses are literally just me, um, but it was recorded in an Airbnb in Los Angeles, California when I didn't have my handheld recorder. I recorded it originally as a video, and so I'm going to release it as such. But because it's so long, I'm taking the audio and putting it in a podcast form to make it easier to, con- to consume. Um, it's about conversations, and here we go. Yeah, there's nothing like making videos for a couple of days and then not making a video to make you kind of wonder what you're doing. Um... I have some stuff I want to see in LA, but it's just like shops and stuff. Um, everyone always asks, what are you doing in LA? I'm not doing anything. I don't have a job. I don't have anything that I have to go do. I don't have a purpose or a plan, right? I don't have some higher power. I just have been feeling At sea, I suppose. On the wind. And it's nice in LA. I like it here. I know a couple people here. It's it's pretty cool. It's just... I don't know. I mean, I'm not even that old and I feel like I'm too old. When I was young, I felt too young. And now that I'm still young, still pretty young, uh, I feel too old. So... Hard to be happy inside yourself, right? Thinking about making a video about notebooks. I only have a couple of pages left in here. And it'd be real fun to like film the opening of a new notebook. But I don't know how interested people are in stuff like that. (sighs) Yeah, I feel it. See, what are good ways? to not feel at sea. One, you could try getting your glasses on, finding your glasses and putting them back on. All right, so what are some good ways to keep yourself from floating away? Um, You can do grounding exercises, but I don't really feel like I'm trying to float away. I feel like I'm just kind of lost. Um, yeah, I just feel kind of lost. So what's some good ways to find, right? You look around, you could write down what you're thinking. For me, I think what I'm going to do is have this short video, um, about how I'm feeling because I think that one problem is that I feel like the things that I have to say aren't important enough or 
the things that I have and that I can do aren't worth anything. It's just kind of a confidence problem is what it is. I feel kind of at sea or lost because of confidence. All right. So if it's a confidence issue, what can we do? I could make a video because I have some film. I have enough, day, enough to do a daily vlog easy. But I want to kind of stretch them out a little bit longer. I could go to Starbucks and eat a chocolate cookie. That always makes me feel better. Um, chocolate generally makes me feel better. What else could I do? I could make something, I could do something. I could buy something. Buying things works too, but it's not as good. talk to somebody, but my favorite person to talk to is me. And so that's what we're doing here. We're diagnosing the problem through dialectic, right? Um, yeah, I want to make a video about notebooks. That's something I'm going to do. Not right this minute, but pretty soon, because this notebook's almost all gone. And that's the sort of thing people want to see. I keep coming back to that. I had that same problem the other day. Like, what do people want to see? I don't know. I get the impression that people, what people don't want to see is Chica Burl. Uh, but that's kind of mopey and self-serving in a way that isn't what I want to show. I want to be one of those people who who's up, you know, like one of those those um, people online who are always excited, you know, and it, it, interesting, right? I often feel I'm not interesting enough. Um, yeah, I do often feel I'm not very interesting. Here's some good things you can do to make conversations less terrible. Do you find yourself having terrible conversations? I do. So focus the meat of the conversation outward. Don't focus on yourself. If someone asks about what you're doing, tell them, but in a concise way that makes what you're doing interesting. Talk about topics, not people. Exactly, unless that person is someone that, you know, the two of you both know, a mutual friend or a teacher or um, someone you both know who, who looks really unusual and you're like, man, they're really making those um, um, tiger print jackets work in a way that I didn't expect. And you go, oh, that's pretty cool. But even there, the subject isn't your friend with a strange jacket. It's the aspect of the it's the jacket right it's the topic of strangely patterned jackets and that gives you somewhere to go if the focus of the conversation is always internal you run out of stuff pretty fast i went on vacation i made this thing that one has some meat because then you can say i made this thing about this topic and you can keep moving 
Um, but unless you just have an endless amount of thoughts and stories, which, I mean, I often feel like I do, but I run out um, of things to say eventually, it can be very limiting. And so focusing outward, I didn't script this, focusing outward, not, not internally. The key to conversation, I think, and I, I think this about other people who I see being good conversationalists, is to be a good mixer, right? Like even if you don't drink, there's the concept of the mixer, which dilutes the alcohol and makes it more palatable, like cranberry juice or lime juice or mostly like fruit juices, right? They're like brightly colored and fun and they um, are kind of sweet, right? All good conversation aspects. If you're like kind of colorful and fun and sweet, people will talk to you forever. Um, another good thing to do is don't all of a sudden go on a rant about conversations in the center of your conversation. If someone is being a gigantic bore, such as I often am, talking about themselves and their opinions on everything, um, it doesn't help a lot of the time to say, hey man, here's what I think about conversations. Because then everybody's thinking about what they're doing and instead of talking inwardly, they focus all their, in their conversational energy inward to second guess themselves and think, oh, I'm being judged in this conversation and that's nowhere to be. Lead by example is what I'm saying. Um, See, even though I picked a topic, I still ran into a space. Spaces are fine. Your initial, my initial instinct with spaces is to um, fill them up with ums or ahs or he's or ha's or yeah, well, or yes, but. Yes, but never works. It's always yes and. Um, but what you can do sometimes is kind of sit in the space, allow space to happen. Slow down a little bit what you're saying so that you don't attack at such a rapid fire and you leave spaces, not between the words in your sentence, but uh, between the ideas in each piece um, that someone else could jump in on. And if they do, they interrupt you, they jump in on it, just let it go. I have a terrible time letting go when people interrupt me. But it helps because they say something, they interrupt you, you bring it back, right? You know, you're talking about conversational tactics. They start talking about <coughs> this really terrible conversation they had in Prague, uh, which is something I might conceivably say, but I'm rolling my eyes at it because that's a terrible conversational thing. It's like, oh, this one time I was in Prague and I bought a cool pen. Me, 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 right? Um, but then you say, 
that's very cool. I heard this thing about Prague the other day, and here's something that's cool about it. Or, um, oh, that's interesting, you went to Prague. Did you go to the big castle on the hill? What did you think of the, the bridge with the two castles on it? I was only there for a couple days. Um, and, you know, asking questions. That's another one. Asking questions is very key to conversations. And I know a lot of people who went to school and had a lot of friends are probably thinking, Jacob Earl, you're telling people normal stuff about conversation. But these things, they, they come up more than you'd think. Like some people I know, great conversationalists. Other people, me, are terrible at it. And they always bring it all the way back to them. Um, and that's an, like that's the best way to bring a conversation back outwardly, right? Is to ask questions. Not just confirmations, like the little rights I keep throwing in there, but actual questions about something that you don't even care about that the other person's talking about. Um, you know, bring it back to this you know, boring story about a vacation in Prague. Uh, someone will go, oh yeah, I did this and the other thing. And you go, oh, that's really cool. How did, feelings questions are great. How did you feel about, Prague's terrible because I know barely anything about it. That's really cool. How did it feel to be in the original bar where Pilsners were invented? You know, did that mean anything to you or was it just sort of neat? And um, isn't it strange how all of the signs are in Czech as opposed to any other language? Like they're just in Czech, a lot of them. Um, and then the person you're talking to, this person who went on a boring study abroad trip will be ecstatic that you, you have any interest in what they're saying and they'll keep talking to you about it. Don't just wait for your turn to talk, right? I don't know why, but that is the top problem I've observed in conversations. Not just with young people, with old people, with my parents, with all kinds of people. Like, don't just wait for your turn to talk to say your little thing. Listen, nod, Actually pay attention to what this person is saying, no matter how boring it is. And then come back at them with, with uh, you know, something maybe a little unexpected, right? Like, that's what I like to do. I like to come back with something a little unexpected. Like, I'll be talking to somebody about Star Wars and I'll be like, so how do you feel about the way, you know, masculinity is portrayed in the Jedi Order? Or, like... You seem very uncomfortable here. This is a bad one, but it, it, I have a hard time talking to men, you know? Like, especially straight men, and like people's dads and stuff. Like, they're always so awkward. And then you try and talk to them about something and it seems like they're gonna be wrong and then they shut down. It's so strange. But um, old guys I have a great time with, um, even if they're, terrible and you know that's largely because of 
who I am and what I look like. But if you just listen to old guys, they'll tell you all kinds of weird shit. Um, stuff. Um, about their kids and their wife and whatever, and they'll just prattle on. People are largely just so lonely. And if you have sort of a base understanding of loneliness, you can really get pretty far, I think. Like, one thing I'll do is I won't know what to say, right? And so I'll think to myself, what would I like to hear? And then I say that. Um, like, that's why the end of my, my podcast, um, you know, cross-promotion, whatever, um, that's why the ending of it, the sign-off, is I love you, I'm proud of you, I'll talk to you next week. Um, because sometimes you need to hear that, you know? Sometimes you need to hear, I love you, I'm proud of you, you're good enough, you're not defined by what you can give people. Right? Like sometimes you need to hear that. Like right now, I think I think that, that was pretty much what I needed to hear right now. <sighs> anyway, conversations. They are incredibly complex. And not a game. Sometimes when you're talking to someone, it'll be like they think conversations are a game that they can win by getting the last word in or uh, always being right. That's another one that people have. They always want to be right. And you know what, man? Even if you are right, no one wants to hear someone say, well, I'm right and you're wrong. Right? Like the simple test from earlier. If you don't know what to say, say what you want to hear. No one wants to hear, I'm right and you're wrong. No one wants that. Uh, I don't want that. You don't want that. Um, yeah, like, that's just not something that people want to hear. And it can be hard to recognize when you're doing that, it can be hard to spot these little problems in conversation, especially if you're unused to it. I think that a lot of people are unused to finding problems in themselves on the fly without necessarily second guessing themselves. Because um, there's kind of like a bit of a skill to it, I like to think, where you not only and I'm terrible at this part of it. I'm terrible at all of these things, but I'm getting better, right? Like the name of my podcast, constantly moving forward, never quite arriving. Um, there's, you know, you're going along, you're saying something, and this took me forever to learn, noticing when someone's attention is straining, right? Like, this took me literally years to discern when someone wasn't paying attention anymore. Because, I don't know, I guess something's just off in my brain where I just have a harder time 
noticing this stuff, but it, I can't, I feel like I'm not the only one who has that problem, right? I feel like I can't be the only guy in the world who, when he's uh, rattling on on some long rant about something, um, doesn't notice the attention in his friend's eyes drift up and to the right and, and completely disappear, right? Like, that's not an uncommon problem. And if you're prone to speechifying, as I am, it can be very helpful to acknowledge that you're long-winded and then, you know, maybe start a podcast or a video essay sort of thing or just something where you talk to yourself in a room for a long time with a, you know, a friend whose attention never strays. That's one thing I really love about this camera. It never loses its attention on me, right? Um, except when the focus wanders and it focuses on the background randomly, but even then, it's not really ignoring me. It's a robot that I can talk to. Isn't that funny how we've invented therapy robots? They're just like uh, people that you talk to about whatever you're thinking. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's why I kind of think of this little machine as my little therapy robot. I can talk to it about anything I'm thinking about for as long as I like, and it'll never say anything rude, right? I mean, that's not even my problem today. It's not like people saying rude stuff to me, but my problem was that I was feeling low in confidence, and the solution that I found is talking to my little therapy robot. Okay, um, what was I talking about? Conversation, attention, straying. Um, yeah, noticing when your people's attention is straying. People's attention tends to um, drift away when you start talking about yourself and things that have happened to you. That's a big one. If you're both, <coughs> college is great for this because you talk to people who you share classes with. But I haven't really found a solution for that outside of college. But like, if you're talking to somebody and you're going on and on about yourself. Notice that. Apologize, right? You're like, ah oh man, I'm going on about myself. Tell me about your thing. And then make eye contact, pay attention, listen with your freaking brain, form conversation topics around what they're talking about. Cause you know what? Your friend's got interesting stuff to say too. That's the thing. It's a conversation, right? Um, not a monologue. It's not a vlog or a podcast or whatever. It's a conversation that you are having with your friend at dinner or lunch or whatever, right? What's up with you? What have you been up to? Oh, I've been doing this and that. That's really cool. Tell me more about that. Uh, well, you know, it's it's like this. What are the themes involved in that artwork? Oh, okay, well, uh, 
you know, I made something kind of like that once, um, but I approached it from this direction, right? And like, oh, that's an interesting sort of take on it. I considered that, but I discarded that idea for this reason, right? Like, I'd mostly talk to people about art, but um, I imagine that you can adapt that freaking template for any sort of conversation about, you know, plumbing or engineering or human resources. I don't know what jobs people have. How do you end a conversation? That's another good one. I always have trouble ending conversations. I never know how to get out of them because you're going on for a long time. You're talking about, you've exhausted everything interesting. Now you're just talking about, you know, something neither of you really cares about, right? You know, the weather or, I don't know, I imagine sports. I imagine this is the place for sports in this, in this pantheon. Um, okay, yeah. And you don't know where to go. I... I still don't know how to end conversations. It's taken me years to notice when people have had their attention drifting, uh, let alone getting out of conversations. I ended a conversation today by looking up at my train that had just come, going, I'm gonna go, bye. Turning around, waving and saying, good luck on your thing. That works, I guess. Um, Further action, that's another good one. People love actions they can take. Like, click here, fill out this survey, um, take a personality test and I'll tell you what kind of person you are. Um, now you can't really apply any of those to conversations, but you can apply actions you can have a little thing that you do at the end, like shaking hands again, or a little salute like that. I've been doing that a lot because I've been sick. And it's really quite fun. A little two-fingered salute starts out four-fingered, goes to two, you know, but real loose. Because um, I don't want to shake people's hands because I still have a cold. They <sighs> um, say, see you later, you know, or, uh, Thanks for calling. That's another good one. I, uh, someone someone calls, you kind of peters out. You go, well, thanks for calling. I'm going to go. Okay, cool. Talk to you later. Bye. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. You know? Or, yeah, you just wait for it all to peter out. And then you say, later. Um, but not in a rude way. You have to find that moment where it's sort of agreed that the conversation's petered out. Like, if your friend has all of a sudden started talking about the engineering of Los Angeles's canals, which actually sounds super interesting to me, but I'm interested in basically everything, right? And you don't want to talk about that anymore. You can't really just go that's super boring, I don't like engineering. You have to sort of 
finesse it a little bit. You know, I don't really know how to end a conversation without hurting anyone's feelings. Um, I usually just wait through boring parts, which is bad. Like that's bad conversational tactics. Like if you're a person who gets bored, conversations are very difficult. Um, you gotta be able to focus. Um, because everybody, no, no matter how interesting they are, is boring at times, right? Like no matter how cool of a job your friend has or no matter how interesting your dad's uh, co-worker is or um, no matter how exciting the life of this shop worker you're bothering is, um, those are the three kinds of conversations. Um, at some point, you have to go. And in things like travel, right? You always got a built-in out. Your train's gonna come, your bus is gonna come, your Uber's gonna come, and you guys say, all right, my thing's here, talk to you later, bye. Right, little action and a uh, thing to follow up, right? Like a verbal cue and a little action. Um, you can always say, uh, you know, I've run out of time, but it was really nice meeting you, really nice talking to you, I'm gonna hit the road. Um, that's always pretty good. If all else fails, you can always blame your mom, even as adults. Like, when you're a kid and you don't wanna do something, you, you always go, or I, I would anyway, you go, uh, oh no, man, I'm sorry, I would love to go paintballing with you. But my mom says I can't go. Um, and then they accept that because often it's true, right? My mom wouldn't care, I don't think, if I went paintballing, but I didn't want to. To go, ah, oh, no, my mom said I can't. And then you go over to your mom and say, I told uh, Ethan that I can't go paintballing and that you said no. So if his mom calls, we got our story straight. Um, Even as an adult, you can use that. You can say, ah, oh, no, my, my, I gotta go visit my mom. Or, my mom's in town and we're gonna get brunch. So I gotta go uh, right now. Or, my mom's sick. This one's very harsh, but if you really need a hard out. Uh, my mom's sick, you know, nothing too serious. But, um, she is in the hospital and I gotta get going. I gotta catch this train right now. Um, that's a little harder. I would go with something like, something much more akin to the my mom said no, or uh, uh, the brunch thing. Um, you know, she's visiting from out of town and I gotta go, but it was really nice talking to you. Um, that's if you don't have an actual place to be. I find a lot of people, like normal people, actually have places to be. Um, I often don't, so I invent them sometimes. Um, but I'm really bad at it. Like, I don't really want to use the, the mom thing, especially because I'm traveling alone. Um, so I'll say something like, I gotta go. I have two things I gotta do today, but before either of them, I gotta get home. That's actually what I said today. And it wasn't inaccurate, because there are two things I need to do, but there was like a weird lull in the conversation and I wanted to escape. Um, 
which seems such a harsh thing to say. Like if you're talking to somebody you like, even if you're talking to your friend or your family or like somebody you like, there always comes a point where you're like, oh man, I have run out of things to say. You've run out of things to say. I need to be somewhere else. Um, maybe it's not the same for everybody, but I always get that kind of like panic inside of me where I'm all of a sudden confused as to where I'm supposed to be. And I know that it's not supposed to be here because if it was supposed to be here, it would be much easier to be here, right? Um, and so at that point, because I've sort of, uh, I'm sort of a strange person. Um, I don't want to be like, I'm not like other girls or whatever, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not like other girls or whatever. <laughs> but I am not super normal. And the way that I talk is strange and the way that I move is kind of strange. And so literally no one I know will think that it's strange if I all of a sudden in the middle of a conversation say, I've got to go, goodbye. Or, I don't know, um, I gotta go. You know, and then I just leave, right? I don't think everyone can get away with that because not everyone is me. Um, I mean that from a sociological and also a just like literal way in that not everyone is me. But if you can get away with it, I highly recommend it. It's a great way to just end conversations because I have not figured out how to end conversations. You can blame somebody, you can make up an excuse. You can just say, it was nice talking to you, shake hands or do a little salute and then just leave. Um, those all feel like, like inelegant solutions. There's gotta be some kind of like solid, agreed upon end to a conversation where everybody's like, all right, that's the end. But I haven't seen it. Um, if you go somewhere and there's a door, thresholds are great for ending conversations. Well, this is my house. Talk to you tomorrow. Or, uh, you know, trains or buses or cars are great for ending conversations. Or someone else coming up. That's another one. That's another kind of threshold, I think. Like your dad coming up from the side or your different friend because you're a manic person with two friends. Um, and then you're like, oh no, my other friend, oh, you met this person? And then your dad in this scenario is like, oh, well, that's very interesting, but your mom's in the hospital and we gotta go. <laughs> Presumably he's also lying. Um, but that really com combines a bunch of them, right? Like you can have the, the thing about blaming someone else, but not only that, but you have someone else come up to blame someone else so that you just, you're, you're out of there, right? Like it's not you at all. Uh, anyway, I started on this whole thing about ending conversations because I wasn't trying to end the video. Um, videos are so much easier to end. Um, you just say, I'm Jacob Earl. This has been SaveTheCroissants.com. I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I'm gonna talk to you soon.